We're going to turn to 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter, verse 6 and verse number 7. I trust that you will follow me this morning because I would love to share something with you in the pages of the Bible that I feel that we need to apply to our life that would help us be a better person and closer to God in the kingdom. 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter, verse number 6 and verse number 7, very familiar verse of scripture that we'll be reading from the Bible said and it came to pass as they came when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines that the women came out of all cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with joy and with instruments of music and the women answered one another as they played and said Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. I want to preach to us for a few moments this morning on this subject, a song to be sung of five thousand. A song to be sung of five thousands. Can you lay your Bibles down beside you and can we... Lift our hands to the Lord and ask the Lord to touch us this morning. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for your goodness and your mercy that you've shown towards us, Lord. We pray, God, that you will touch our ears to hear the word of the Lord. We pray, God, that we'll take what we hear and put it into practice in our spirit. Lord, we come to you trusting and believing in you. We ask it to be done right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Will you give the Lord a great hand clap of praise one more time? Amen. God bless you. Please don't remember we do have promotional Sunday as soon as the altar service is over. The Bible tells us that there were songs that were saying that King Saul had killed his thousands and they sang songs of David killing his ten thousands. However, uh, what uh, we have either forgotten about or what we have not really noticed between a thousand and ten thousands is a song to be sung of five thousands. It could not be sung about King Saul, neither could it be sung about King David. But perhaps it's been sung throughout the pages of the Bible and down throughout the years about a man by the name of Jonathan. He is the eldest son of King Saul and the bosom friend of David. He is first mentioned when he was about 30 years of age. He was like his father Saul and he was a great man of strength and he was very active and Jonathan was excellent with a slingshot and also with archery. Matter of fact, when you study on Jonathan, you will find out that it is Jonathan that teaches David how to operate a slingshot. We do understand that when David killed Goliath, that it was not skill nor was it talent, but it was the Spirit of the Lord that made that rock go directly to Goliath's forehead and David killed Goliath and a great victory was brought to him. However, it is important for us to understand the relationship between David 
and Jonathan. Such a beautiful relationship the Bible talks about and I believe that we could understand and learn some very important attributes about Jonathan. We hear Brother Amaker so much about David and we hear about his glorious leadership and his worship and the things, the beauty of David. We hear of Saul and the tragic mistake that Saul made offering sacrifices when he was out of his calling and out of his place and not obeying the Lord and destroying all of the enemy and so therefore the kingdom was taken from Saul but I'm here to tell you this morning there is something very interesting between Saul and David and it is a man named Jonathan and I feel like if we're ever going to learn anything if we're going to ever pattern our life out of anybody now I really like David and I preach a lot about David but I'm telling you the more I study about Jonathan and the more I pray and the more I read the word of God the more I'm falling in love with Jonathan understanding that David has his place and Saul has his place but if I could be like anybody this morning God help me to create in my life a spirit that Jonathan possessed we are wanting to have the faith of Abraham and I feel like that it is vital to us and we want to dream like Joseph dreamed and we're wanting leadership ability like Moses had and oh we pray and we desire and the Bible said it's a good thing to desire after the things of God and we desire the miracles of Elijah and Elisha we seek after the wisdom of Solomon we desire to see the visions that he's Ezekiel saw and Lord we need to possess the endurance that Job possessed and we need to learn how to worship like David worshipped and I want to have the effects of preaching like the Apostle Paul had and I desire to have John's revelation but I come to remind us above all those things this morning there is a man that is lost in the pages of the Bible that he has a spirit that pleased the Lord and I feel like if we can have Jonathan's heart and if we can have Jonathan's spirit then when the, when the end of our life is over we're going to have the opportunity to hear the Lord say well done thy good and faithful servant. It is John the Baptist that the Bible said was no greater. He had more fortitude than anybody that you can read about in the word of the Lord. He didn't mind calling black, black and white, white. He didn't mind laying the axe to the root of the tree. He didn't mind saying, Herod, you have no business taking your brother's wife. He didn't have any problems saying, oh, you generation of vipers who have warned you to flee from the wrath to come and yet there is Solomon. The Bible says said that he had more wisdom than all the kings that before him nor will there ever be a king after him that has so much wisdom but I'm here to tell you this morning Jonathan is in a class all by himself he ranks more than David does he ranks more than Solomon does because when you mention the man named Jonathan he really is in a hallmark all by himself and somehow this morning if we can take his life if we can take his 
spirit, if we can take his mentality and we can pour it into our life, I believe God will be very, very pleased. I believe if we could get in that class that Jonathan is in, then when the storms of life are raging and when things don't work out like we think they should, we would still be found in the house of God on a Sunday morning standing to our feet, clapping our hands and worshiping the Lord and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Jonathan was truly in a class all by himself. Jonathan was true. There was nothing fake about Jonathan's life. Jonathan had a pure mind and Jonathan, his motives were unselfish. He was absolutely kingdom minded. His heartbeat was with God in every step imaginable. Jonathan knowing that he rightly should have been king after his father passed away. But God chose somebody else in his stead. Let me pause right there to remind us that I'm preaching about a man that was supposed to receive the kingdom of Israel and he was supposed to be the next king after his father had passed away. That's how it had been through all the ages. And here Jonathan is sitting, waiting, and knowing as soon as my father passes that I'm going to be the man that's going to have the anointing and the wisdom of God laid upon me. But yet, we find that God passes over Jonathan. That God looks beyond him and he takes a big leap and decides that I'm going to choose somebody else. You listen to this preacher on a Sunday morning. I don't know how many of us could have taken it. I don't know if I could have taken my father pastoring a church of 3,000 and me feeling like I was supposed to be the next in line and God chooses somebody else beside me. I'm here to tell you if you don't have the spirit of Jonathan, you wouldn't be able to stand in the presence of God. But Jonathan was pure and Jonathan sought after the Lord and Jonathan knew there's a greater cause for the kingdom than myself. God help us to understand this morning that I didn't get in this thing to make my life better. I got in this thing because my life was a wreck and my life was a disaster and I'm in this thing because I have no choice. I have no alternatives. If I'm going to make it to heaven, I've got to get in the kingdom of God. Do you understand that alone? would have been devastating to anybody else but Jonathan remained faithful to God and he remained faithful to the duties of God and mostly what sets Jonathan apart was he loved the man and walked alongside of the man and served the man that was going to take his place and it was David did you hear pastor this morning David he, he, he was right with David and David he loved the man he walked alongside of the man and he served that man knowing that everything at the end David was going to be king Jonathan served in the kingdom without expecting anything in return that's what sets him apart that's what puts him in a class all by himself I wonder this morning would we, would we be true with God would we be honest with ourselves I wonder this morning would we really be 
serving the Lord if we knew that we was not going to get anything in return, that there was not going to be any blessings, that we could give and nothing would be given back to us. We could do our best and would get nothing in return. Would you be here Sunday morning? Would you be here Sunday night? Would you be faithful to God when nobody was around? I'm here to tell you, if we're going to be like Jonathan, we got to serve the Lord without expecting anything in return. Just being thankful that God saved us and delivered us and put our name in the Lamb's book of life. David, Jonathan knew in his heart, I am in a kingdom that I can get no return. Amen. Do we remain faithful knowing that the outcome of things are not going to come out in our favor? Jonathan walked with David. Jonathan served David. And he was a faithful man knowing that the outcome was not going to work in his favor. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what's going to happen within the next few hours. But if we're going to be like Jonathan, then we need to maintain the spirit that I know things are not always going to be best for me, but I'm still going to serve in this kingdom. I'm still going to live for God. I'm still going to be dedicated. I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, you can live right. You can pay your tithes. You can fast your day a week. You can pray your hour a day, and everything still come out backwards, and it looks like it's all in vain. But Jonathan said, it's not about this earthly kingdom it's about that kingdom up there I've come to remind you the greatest man of all that song of 5,000 that's been sung throughout the ages is about a man that served knowing he wouldn't get anything in return I wonder this morning if we would give it our best would we give it our best if we knew tomorrow a worldly kingdom was going to be given to someone else Jonathan knew Everything I'm doing, everything that's an advantage for the kingdom of Israel is going to be handed over to my friend David. Amen. Notice with me this morning, David is mentioned 1,085 times in the Bible. Saul's name is mentioned 394 times in the Bible. But Jonathan, this great man named Jonathan, is only mentioned 118 times. While David, a thousand and eighty-something times, Jonathan is only mentioned 118 times. The reason there were songs being sung about Saul and David was because they was killing an outward enemy. Listen to pastor this morning. That's what they sung the songs for. Saul's killed his thousand. David, his ten thousands. And they was evident of the enemy and the giants that they were killing. But Jonathan was killing giants. Not on an outward battlefield, but Jonathan was killing giants on an inward battlefield. While David and Saul was killing enemies on the outside, Jonathan was killing enemies on the inside of him. Jonathan served in a kingdom without expecting anything 
in return. That thing inside Jonathan that could have taken his soul to hell, he decided, I'm going to make sure that I keep my inside right. I'm going to make sure my heart and my spirit is pure. And no wonder David's name is mentioned all the times because he was coming in from outward battles. But Jonathan, he was taking care of that inward man. Perhaps though David's a great king, Brother Amaker, maybe there could have been more things David would have done if he could have killed that inward giant like Jonathan did. Jonathan knew how to kill that inward man on that battleground and David knew how to do the outward man. You understand Jonathan? Amen. He was killing that big giant called jealousy. Amen. He was making his mind up. I won't let envy eat me up. Jonathan wasn't spending his time trying to get somebody back for something they had done to them. Jonathan didn't have the attitude I'm taking my toys home and I'm going and I'm leaving and going home because somebody else is picked king. Jonathan didn't let his attitude get sideways because he was overlooked for the greatest job in Israel. Jonathan, he capsized. He, 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 he took what he had and Jonathan, he possessed all the Christian virtues or graces that Paul wrote about. Jonathan might not have been that tremendous of a warrior on the outside, but all on the inside. He wouldn't dare let the enemy arise in him. He wouldn't let one spirit get a hold of him. He made up his mind. David, you can be king here, but I'm going to make sure that I got my heart right with that king. Listen to pastor this morning. It doesn't matter who gets blessed and who doesn't get blessed. It doesn't matter how many times God overlooks you and doesn't give you what you ask him. You got to be like Jonathan. There's going to be 5,000 songs sung about you if you just hang in there and don't let that inward giant eat you alive. Notice these are some things that Joe, that Jonathan possessed in Second Peter, the first chapter, verse three through verse number seven. Peter writes, according as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glorious virtue, whereby are given unto us an exceedingly great and precious promise, that by these we might be partakers of those divine natures, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust and besides this given all diligence add to your faith virtue and to your virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance and to temperance patience and to patience godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity Jonathan possessed the things that Peter talks to us about this morning he would not allow the things that he could not control eat his soul in need his spirit. I'm here to tell you this morning we need a spirit like Jonathan in 2011 to inherit the kingdom of God. There may be some Davids in here. There may be some Pauls in here. There may be some Elishas in here. There may be even some, some Peters in here. But I'm here to tell you we need some Jonathans to be in the house of the Lord. We need some Jonathans to be here on a Wednesday night saying I'm true to God. Things hasn't worked out like I thought they should I'm entitled to a blessing I've done everything I should do but yet it ain't happening but I've got to be like Jonathan I've got to stay in the race somebody clap your hands to the Lord notice what the Bible tells us listen to pastor very closely David was a great man there's no doubt the apostle Paul a great man but I'm here to prove and show to you this morning that besides Jesus Christ
John the Baptist, there was no greater in this book besides Jonathan. There was no greater in this book besides Jonathan. Notice what the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel, the 13th chapter, verse 13 and 14. And Samuel said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandments of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee for now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Do you understand what Samuel is telling Saul? Do you get the full picture of their conversation? In between Samuel and Saul is a man named Jonathan. And Jonathan is paying for something that he didn't even do. Jonathan is paying a tremendous price for something he had no control over. God was taking something away from Jonathan that his father done. How would you like for me to tell you? You can't sing in the choir because of what your dad done. How would you like for me to tell you you can't preach? Not because, oh, you're a good guy. You're faithful to God. You're good. You're faithful. You do everything. But because of your father, you're not going to preach at this church and you're not going to preach anywhere. How would you like for me to tell you you can't worship or you can't teach a Sunday school class not because of what you've done, but because of what your father done. You'd be the first one to stand in my face and tell me, what kind of pastor are you that you're holding me responsible for something somebody else done? But yet we find God Almighty is standing between Samuel and Saul saying, Samuel, you tell Saul that Jonathan won't be king because of something that his father done himself. We find that Jonathan was an innocent man paying for a crime that he didn't even commit. Amen. Saul had done the crime and now Jonathan was losing the kingdom. But you hear, Pastor, Jonathan didn't lose his soul over something he had no control over. He said, God, if you don't want me to be the next king of Israel, I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to fall out with you. I want to be sitting in the palace. I want to have the chariots of gold and the finest horses. I want to have the pools coming out of my mansion. I want to be there, God. But since you're God and I'm Jonathan and your plan's better than my plan and your vision's greater than mine, I'm going to serve you even though you're making me pay for something that I didn't even do. You hear the preacher? Oh God, we can if we can be like Jonathan, if we can say, God, if you want to give it to me, give it to me. But if you don't want to, I'm still going to be faithful. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to love you. I'm here to tell you, David might have killed Goliath, but Jonathan killed the greatest enemy of all. How many of you would be back here how many of you would be back here tonight if pastor treated you like God treated Jonathan? More importantly than that, will you be here tonight if God decides to treat you like he treated Jonathan? 
David, you're a warrior. I got to hand it to you. David, you can dance up a storm and make your wife jealous. But I'm telling you, Jonathan is in a class all by himself. You can be a David. You can be a David and still commit adultery. He did it. You can be a David and still almost lose your soul. So, David done it. But you can't be a Jonathan and commit adultery. You won't be a Jonathan and almost lose your soul because Jonathan was in a class all by himself. Set along all by himself. The more I preach, the more I study. The more I forget about killing the giant Goliath and I want to search out the giants in my own life that needs to be killed instead of those outward battles. It makes me want to focus on that inward battle that's stealing so much from me in my walk with God. King Saul, Jonathan's father, was out to kill David. Notice Jonathan. Saul had his song of a thousand. David had his song of ten thousand. But Saul, but, but Jonathan, had his of 5,000. Saul, we understand and know, is Jonathan's father. And all Jonathan had to do, all he had to do, was tell Saul where David was. And Jonathan could have made his way and become the next king of Israel. That was rightly his. But instead, but instead, notice Jonathan's spirit. In 1 Samuel, first chapter 23, verse 16, the Bible said, And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David in the wood and strengthened his hand in God. All Jonathan had to do was say, Pops, David's down in the woods. You walk down about 500 yards, you take a right, you turn by that red tree, you go down through the hollow, and there David is. You can take him out. He's not even expecting you. And Dad, Jonathan could have said, as soon as that happens, whether God wanted or not, I can be the next king. But he was not that type of man. Matter of fact, instead of him telling his dad, he went in the woods where Jonathan was. And the Bible said, Jonathan, or where David was, and Jonathan strengthened the hands of of David. Verse number 17 says, And he said unto him, Fear not, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find thee, and thou shalt be king over Israel, and I shall be next unto thee, and that also Saul my father knoweth. Do you understand what Jonathan done? Jonathan went to the woods where David was hiding, and Jonathan said, David, we're just going to settle it right now. He said, I'm not going to be the next king. I'm just going to be next next to you, that's all right. And my father already knows how me and you feel about each other. I'm not ratting you out. It's all right if you king and I'm just second man. He was in a class all by himself. I wonder this morning if God does not promote us, if God does not move us up the ladder, can we and will we possess the spirit that Jonathan had that says that's all right, God. If you gotta anoint somebody else in the choir, if you gotta anoint somebody else preaching, 
preaching. If somebody else gets better results when they preach or when they sing, not let my will, but let thy will be done. I'm gonna be next to them in the kingdom of God. There is no greater than that of Jonathan in a class all by himself. Instead of jealousy and unselfish love, Jonathan, Jonathan would rather at his own cost be right beside David. Serving David as David serves God. Jonathan had such tremendous faith. He had a self-sacrificing friendship. He had undoubted courage. I tell you again, we need to worship like David. We need to fight like David. We need to kill our giants like David. David killed his outward giants, but Jonathan killed his inward giants. But listen to pastor, we better have a heart and a spirit like Jonathan. David was going to get all the royalty, everything. Everything that Jonathan was supposed to have. David got it. But Jonathan still. Can you sit beside a brother that's getting blessed? Can you sit beside a sister that just got a raise and you just lost your job? Can you rejoice when somebody else is rejoicing? Can you stand in the presence of God when everything's being taken from you and it's given to somebody else? You won't be able to unless you have a spirit like Jonathan has. Who's the better of the two men? Is it the one that killed his thousands? Or is it the one that killed those inward giants in his life? I dare to tell you this morning that Jonathan has to be the greater because there were things that could attack the inside of Jonathan that he refused to let bring him down. We better make a covenant with ourselves this morning that we refuse to let things bring us down because it doesn't go our way. By the way, let me just... uh, might not be. Let me just tell you. One of our elders in our church, God bless our elders. Where would we be at without our elders? This sacrificial giving that you do, don't think it don't go unnoticed. One of our elders told me the other day, said, I got $5 out of my wallet. All that I had. And I put it on the altar at the sacrificial giving. She said, in my mailbox was a card from somebody. When I opened that card up, it had $200 check in that envelope. Now folks, $5 for $200 is a pretty good investment in my book. Your $195 hadn't come yet. We'll find out if you're like David or you're like Jonathan. The next time the sacrificial giving gifts, will you still give anyway? Jonathan did it. Jonathan did it knowing this kingdom will never be mine. This kingdom will never be. It's going to belong to that little red-headed boy, David, that I love so much. But God bless you, David. You can kill Goliath. But I got that inward giant killed. And I'm singing my song of fire from the palace. Notice Jonathan's heart and notice his spirit. 
in 1 Samuel, the 18th chapter, verse 1 through verse number 4. The Bible said it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would, would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. We've got to love God like we love our own soul. The Bible said in verse number 4, Notice Jonathan. He's in a class all by himself. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. And his garments even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Do you see what David Jonathan done here is David and this man is going to get his kingdom and Jonathan comes up and says I'm supposed to be next king my robe's got to be different than anybody else's robe I'm the one next in line but David something God saw in you that he didn't see in me God wouldn't allow me to be king but he's allowed you but I'm going to tell you what David I love you so much he said here's my robe he said not only will I stop there he said here's my sword you can have it also the Bible said even down to his girdle you hear what pastor's telling you it was absolutely total commitment humility and surrenderance to the man that was out to take his place. Jonathan in a class all by himself. Jonathan said, David, it's all right with me. It's all right. It's all right, David. God's God. He's a lot more wiser than I am. He knows what he's doing with my life. I let him be king. You can be king. And I'll just remain to be Jonathan. What a tremendous, tremendous attitude. Notice how David reacted upon Jonathan's death. Three times David cries. How are the mighty fallen between verse 17 and verse 27? That is David's cry. How the mighty has fallen. It's recorded in 2 Samuel, the first chapter, verse 25 through 27. He says, How are the mighty fallen in the midst of battle, O Jonathan, that was slain in the high places? I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant has thou been unto me. You hear what David said? David said, I took your place, Jonathan. And instead of you being miserable, and instead of you making it hard for me and instead of you fighting against me he said you Jonathan has made it very pleasant for me thy love to me was wonderful passing the love of a woman how are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war have perished he said you made this transition of me being king so pleasant because really 
the love between you and God was so awesome that I was allowed to take your stand and you remain faithful in the kingdom. As I come to a close this morning, as Brother Tim's going to come to the music, Jonathan knew some things. Jonathan knew. Jonathan knew he would never succeed his father as king. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you don't know what's happening tomorrow? Aren't you glad, Sister Donna, that you don't know what's going to happen next week? Sister Lee, aren't you glad that really you don't... We think we want to know, but you really don't want to know. You don't want to know what tomorrow holds. You think you do, but you don't. Because if we knew, Brother Bell, what happened next week or tomorrow, if it was a blessing, we'd be so anxious. We'd make so many wrong moves because we knew a blessing would be coming. If we knew, Sister Charlotte, trouble was coming, we'd lose the good time we had with our family trying to prepare for the bad time. God knows what He's doing. He knows not to let us know what tomorrow holds. None of us know. Hope and pray that we're all here tonight, but none of us know. But I'm telling you, Jonathan was in a class all by himself because he knew. He knew, Brother Todd. He knew I'm fighting beside a man. I'm waiting on a man. How would you like to get up in the morning, put an in-ground pool, get home at 10 o'clock tomorrow night, get up in the morning to go work on another in-ground pool, and then get up the next day and go wait on grouchy customers and then get up the next day and come Friday you've done it all for nothing you ain't Todd you're not getting paid a dime this week but you're going to do every bit of that Brother Todd would say you've lost your mind get somebody else but Jonathan was in a class all by himself he knew everything I'm doing is not going to benefit me in the kingdom of Israel but his picture was bigger his heart was bigger it wasn't that earthly kingdom that Jonathan was after. It was that heavenly kingdom that mattered to him the most. And Jonathan, Sister Rosie, he knew everything I'm doing, I will not get paid back in this lifetime. With true humility, he could say to David, whom he loved, I will be next to thee. When really, Jonathan should have been in front of him. But he's saying, it's all right if I'm just... You go ahead, David. Everything's all right. You kill Goliath, but I've killed Jonathan on the inside. After his death, after Jonathan's death, he is only mentioned as the father of Mephibosheth. Not referenced to Jonathan again, only is he mentioned as the father I'm a A crippled. A crippled. After what all Jonathan done. After all the humility. After all the right heart and the right spirit. All the writers could say about Jonathan after his death was, he's the father of a cripple. Oh, talk about David after he died. Talk about Abraham after he died what all they say about him but you got Jonathan just referenced as the father of a crippled boy 
He is not found. He is not found among the worthies in Hebrews the 11th chapter. Doubtless, he was not even counted worthy by the world. But after all, Jonathan lived his life seeking another kingdom. God, help us this morning that we're spending our life seeking another I know, I know, I know. There's folks in this house. You got great faith. There's folks in this house got the gift of faith. There's folks in this house that you bounce right back just like Pastor preached Wednesday night. You bounce back after a storm. But I'm going to ask you, is there any Jonathans in this house this morning? Is there anybody in this house that says, God, you just do me any old way and I'm just still going to be faithful. You pick somebody else besides me. You bless somebody else besides me, Lord. But I'm still going to be here Sunday morning. I'm still going to be here Sunday night. I'm still going to be here Wednesday night. I'm still, I'm still going to be faithful. As we stand this morning, while pastors and churches are looking for jobs in the congregations, and rightly so. While pastors is in the pulpit preaching this morning, they're looking for Davids, and rightly so. And My God, we need some Abrahams, rightly so. But I'm telling you what we need in 2011 is we need, we need some Jonathans. We need some Jonathans. I wonder this morning who David was referring to. I just kind of, I just kind of think in my mind, Brother Paul, that when David prayed that prayer, when when David examined himself, and when he prayed that prayer and said, "Create in me a clean heart." And a right spirit. I don't think David was thinking about killing Goliath. I don't think David was referenced to Saul. I don't even think Abraham was on David's mind. But I, I do believe there was a tremendous possibility when David wrote that prayer and said those words, creating me a clean heart and a right spirit. It's a good possibility that David's mind went back to Jonathan. And said, let me just be like Jonathan. Let my heart be right. Let my spirit be right, God. If you overlook me, Lord, let me still want to be in your kingdom. If you say, I can't have it. If you say, you're not going to exalt me. You're not going to let me have it. Make sure I've got that same spirit that my dear friend Jonathan had. That when Jonathan was killed on the battlefield, David said, How the mighty, how the mighty have fallen. It's one thing to kill the outward giants, but when you destroy those inward giants, you're in a class all by yourself. As every head is bowed all over this house this morning,
I wonder how many of us this morning, I wonder how many of us are willing to say, God, let me be as Jonathan is. God, let me have that same outlook. Let me have that same mentality. Create in me, Lord. Create in me that spirit and that heart. Some want their thousands and some wants their ten thousands. But there are some in this house this morning. We want that song of five thousand sung about you. Let it be said, when we leave this life, let the people be saying that you've killed your five thousands. As Brother Tim begins to sing, I wonder this morning, is there anybody that wants to have the spirit of Jonathan in this house? Is there anybody that wants to walk down to this front and say, God, create in me a clean heart and a new spirit? Would you come out of that pew right now, walk down to the front, and say, I'll ask for faith later. I'll ask for miracles after a while. But this morning, I've got to make sure this is my spirit. I've got to make sure it's my heart. I've got to make sure that I destroy those inward giants. Would you lift your hands all over this house? Come on, can we talk to the Lord for just a few moments this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, God, I love you today. Lord, create in my spirit. I've got to be like that man, Jonathan. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we got to have that heartbeat in our life. 2011 come on can you lift your hands and give it to the Lord this morning God search my spirit search my heart oh God oh hallelujah hallelujah God don't ever let me forget about that man called Jonathan Lord in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord in the name of the Lord come on that's it hallelujah oh we give it to you this morning Lord those inward battles, those inward giants, God. Let us be like Jonathan. Let us slay them. Let us destroy them today, God. Those things that nobody sees, those feelings that nobody knows, but you, Lord, they've got to be dealt with. They've got to be destroyed in order for us to grow, God, in order for us to reap your blessings and your kingdom. They've got to be dealt with, Lord. Oh, we ask it right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Touch and minister in your name, Lord. Oh, we give it to you right now. Create that spirit. Create that heartbeat in us, oh God. We ask it to be done right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord, will you give the Lord a good hand clap of praise?